Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Okay, you're not acting like yourself. Are you trying to tell me that everything they do is right? I mean, come on now. Where's that person who usually thinks for themselves? Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. And this one, oh yes, this one is going to be good. Join me on the flip as we talk about how to break that trance. And I want to know, are you bewitched? I'll see you on the flip. All right. Hey, thank you guys for joining me today. This one is going to be one that you'll probably leave like, oh my gosh, because I've got some stuff for y'all. Oh, yes, I do. So as you may or may not already know, I, uh, as one of the modalities that I use when I'm working with people, um, I am a certified clinical hypnotherapist. And the difference between a hypnotist and a, a hypnotherapist is that we have to be therapists, first of all, <laughs> and because we use hypnosis as one of the many modalities that we use to help people get therapy. And so hypnosis is counted as a quick therapy. Meaning that, like it sounds, you're able to do a lot in a short amount of time as opposed to uh, many of the talk therapies that can take a lot of time and sometimes years. So anyway, I'm saying that to say that when I used to see clients a lot uh, as a therapist, psychotherapist, I a lot of times would have to de-hypnotize them before we could actually do any kind of work, whether it was talk therapy or any of the other modalities that they needed. And it was because they were walking around in a trance. And at first I thought, well, maybe I'm just getting highly suggestible people. But then it started happening more and more. I got a chance to talk with uh, other therapists who were reporting the same thing. And we realized that we are now in a society where The average person receives so much programming in a given day that because of all of the inputs coming in, it is easier for the mind to just put you in autopilot and hopefully help you navigate through. And so it is true that a lot of people are cast members of The Walking Dead. And I believe that's probably why a lot of people really connect with being a zombie. So this is not an indictment on our society as much as this is a way to help you to diagnose and to break the trance. Now, when I thought about um, 
this, I'll be honest with you guys, I was going to talk about this last year. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if people are ready for this yet, especially uh, with everything that's going on uh, back in last year uh, when I was thinking about it. And I was like, mm, you know what? If I wait any, any longer, it's going to get into, well, I'm in the USA, so it's going to get really hot and heavy into the political season and all of that. So I might as well do it now. So that's another reason why we are doing this now. Now, if you are thinking of, okay, what is Michelle about to tell us? And what? why does she give us this warning? I'm about to tell you how to break your trance. But first, before we do that, I'm going to tell you how to start a cult. C-U-L-T. You heard me, a cult, because there is a way that you can learn it just like any other skill. Isn't that a hot mess, y'all? Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to uh, help you to understand a little bit more of everyday persuasions that are going on. And some of most of them are innocent, but some of them are not so innocent. So if you're ready, let's go. And I'm probably going to tell you now, you're most likely, if you really kind of want to grasp what I'm saying, you might want to listen to this again and take some notes. Okay. So let's get into it. So the first thing I want to ask you is, um, are you bewitched? And when I say bewitched, I am talking about you are enamored. The glimmer is on, I mean, the you know, the glamour, not glimmer, the glamour is all over you. And you are enamored with an object, a person, um, a, a idea or something. And I will tell you, it is not, if you are, it is not a bad thing in that most people will experience this. Honey, if I could tell you how many men... Oh my God, how many men had put the glamour on me? Oh, it's embarrassing. But once you know better, you do better. And the part that I did in the A part was kind of a snippet of a conversation I actually had with somebody in my family who was talking about some little guy that I had my nose open for and that I was excited about. And I was like, uh, you know, seriously, because they were like, what has happened to you? You have lost your sense of self. You are so in into this guy. And the funny thing that I realized a little later, a few boyfriends after him, was that I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily enamored with him and he wasn't the one doing the bewitching. Oh no, I was enamored with the idea and the fantasy that I had been constantly feeding all the time of what the perfect guy was. And so whenever I found one that gave me the slightest little, you know, a heart flutter, I inserted him into that fantasy and I was the one who was doing all the bewitching of myself such that when I was able to break that trance, and look at them. I was like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Oh Lord, talk about kissing the toad, <laughs> you know? And so it became something that I grew to be highly aware of. And I'm very thankful for that because I've actually had to help a lot of other people, women, men, um, straight, gay, bi, whatever, in their relationships. So y'all listen up because this is some practical stuff. All right, enough about that. Let's get into it. So are you bewitched? One of the things that I have talked about in other uh, podcasts that I'm going to say again here, I don't like to be redundant, but a lot of this stuff kind of 
goes together is that whenever you have interaction with someone, there are at least two things going on under the surface, no matter what is going on. And those two main things are this. People are jockeying for status, meaning there is someone jockeying to be the dominant. And that means that the other person is the uh, submissive. Also, there, if depending on the situation, there can be a bit of one-upsmanship, meaning that not only is there a jockey for dominance, but there is also where this person is uh, exerting authority over a person. And in this exerting of authority over a person, what you find is that people that are really good at one-upsmanship are going to be great storytellers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't, don't, don't fight me. I know I am a storyteller and I'm working on being great. <laughs> but let me tell you why uh, this one-upsmanship and all this stuff is happening when you're having a conversation with someone or when someone is interacting with you. And the, re- the reason why I want to say this is because story is the vehicle for belief. Whether it be a fable, a parable, a story, a narrative, a movie, a song, you catch my drift? All of these are story. And what they do is they deliver you to an emotional state that they want you to be in. Have you ever had a breakup? And I'm going to get off of this relationship stuff because this is not, I don't know why I'm talking about this so much. Maybe somebody needs to hear it. Uh, Have you ever had a breakup? And nothing would help you feel any kind of better Unless you put on a sad love song and you just played it over and over and over again and you had your cry and you felt bad and you had the wrenching pain of loss and then you start thinking about all the stuff that y'all weren't going to be able to do anymore and you start mourning the interaction and, and if you had a fairly good relationship, the friendship, and then you start thinking about all of the auxiliary stuff you're going to lose, like who divvies up the friends, who gets the pet, all of that right? And so what that song was doing was conveying a story uh, uh, for a vehicle to help you to grieve um, the loss of that relationship. And the same thing happens with um, a conversation. And a lot of times people don't realize that you are being persuaded and influenced in a, a, a way that is so smooth that it makes you think that you know what you're talking about, okay? So here are some things that I want to give you real quick to help you understand and be able to better diagnose yourself to see if you're being bewitched. So the first thing is the story. Are there stories that are being told or expressed that before you listen to the story, you feel one way, and then after you listen to the story, you feel another way? Now, if you're really being honest, I'm going to say most of the time that's going to be it. Have I mean, I have, I'll just be honest, on my Spotify list, I have a list for get right music. If I know that I got to get my mind in it, I got to write this book, I got to do this presentation, I got to put this course together or whatever it is, I have a list because I know that 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 list of songs is going to deliver 
Remember, it's a vehicle. Deliver me to the emotional state that I need to be able to drop down into that deep work, that deep focus, concentration, and even a little bit of confidence to get through it. Likewise, if I know that I am needing to um, do something that is out of uh, my safety zone, I will go to my YouTube list of inspirational videos and I'll listen to a few of them, get pumped up, and then I'll dare to go and do what I need to do. You know, have a hard conversation, make that phone call you've been dreading, go and finally take care of X, Y, or Z. And so these are just more examples of how story is so powerful to change your beliefs. Okay, so now that we understand that, let's get into this nitty gritty. Another thing that we have talked about is polarity on this channel. And so when we talk about polarity, we're talking about extremes, left, right, up, down, side to side, those types of things. Good, bad, you know, those those things. And one of the fastest ways for people to bewitch you is to have a great story that's an excellent vehicle to deliver you time and time again to the emotional state that you love, probably possibly one you're addicted to. And then the next thing is, is if they really want to do it, then they are able to figure out what's your polarity. What side of a situation or an issue you stand on and then they couple with you on that? You know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. They are able to ingratiate themselves quickly with you when they are, quote unquote, like minded and saying things along the lines that make sense to you. Now, if they're really diabolical, what they'll do is they won't care what side of the polarity line you're on. They will first use a story, move you to the emotional state they want you in, and then they will implant suggestion to get you to the side of the polarity they choose. And then you will have proverbially drunk the Kool-Aid and you will be 10 toes standing on it, believing what they want you to do. All right, so everything is not bad. Trust me, this is not bad. I'm just trying to give you extremes because a lot of times when you only have a short time, like we have today, I got to give you stuff that's going to be like, oh, you know, and the light bulbs go off. So there is a uh, book that you can get and it is very powerful and it's by Blair Warren and it's called The One Sentence Persuasion Course. And I'll make sure I put the link in the the description. But there was um, a version of it a long time ago that, uh, was out, you know, he wrote a blog post about it. And so I'm going to tell you that version, but I encourage you to get the book because he really expounded on it and updated it and did a lot of things. But I believe that this will really help you to see what we're talking about with this whole bewitched thing. Okay. So from Blair Warren in his one sentence persuasion course that many people have read, many people use. Okay. Listen to this. He says, people will do anything for those who encourage their dreams, justify their failures, allay their fears, confirm their suspicions, and help them throw rocks at their enemies. And he calls this the 27-word format for persuasion. And I'm going to tell you, it is is all-inclusive. If you want to know how to do this, if you want to know how to be persuasive, influential, uh, how to uh, sway people, 
follow this sentence. I'm going to read it one more time because we don't have a lot of time and I'm almost at my halfway mark. So y'all listen real good because I'm giving you some good, good stuff. Okay. Well, I always try to give you good, good stuff. But anyway, listen. So he said in this one sentence persuasion by Mr. Blair Warren, get the book because it's only like 37 pages and, but it's real good. People will do anything for those who encourage their dreams justify their failures, allay their fears, confirm their suspicions, and help them throw rocks at their enemies. Now, I will go on and tell you this, that these are harmless in in most applications, and they actually help people to achieve goals. I mean, let's face it, I use them. Yes, when I'm working with people and I want to desperately get them to do what they need to, I do anything I can to encourage their dreams. Oh, yes. I do what I can to get them off of stuck on the past, meaning that I make sure that they understand, hey, that stuff that you did before, that wasn't your fault all the way. You know, you weren't the failure that, you know, you might be beating yourself up. It's time to, you know, step on and move on. And then allay their fears by letting them know that this is a new day. This is a new dawn. We got new things to do. And I have done, you know, what I'm trying to show you, or I've helped somebody do it. And let's go on and get this. Let's, let's get this. I'm with you. You don't have to go, go it alone. You know, then can you confirm their suspicions to the point where they were like, I knew I was right. And then, you know, of course (laughs) you help them throw a little rocks at their enemies. And the way I like to do that, is I like to help people get stuff done by one of the strongest motivators out there. And that is the one where they show people that they were wrong about them. Yeah. One of the biggest motivators, people can say, I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it for my future. I'm doing it for this. Mm-mm. You, a lot of times, if you want to get motivated on something, help people to, to get to the point where they can prove others wrong. That's the quote unquote, throwing rocks at their enemy section. All right. So shout out to Mr. Blair Warren. Y'all need to get the book. It's great. And uh, so those are some of the things that you need to look at to see if you are walking around as a zombie in a trance. And that is looking to see what stories motivate you and move you, because it'll get to the point where you'll get addicted to the to the high that these stories uh, deliver. There is a reason why. Uh, programming is name programming, meaning, you know, th- you used to call it television programming, but we don't hardly watch TV anymore. So, but it's still programming and you have to look at it because it's a string of stories, no matter if it is the news, if it is a drama, if it is a documentary, it is still a story. And a lot of people are addicted to the vehicle because the vehicle is really good at getting them to the emotional state that they want to be in. Okay. And I'm talking about happy, sad, inquisitive, excited, inspired. These are not bad things. But what becomes bad, if y'all ready for this one, what becomes bad is when you get to the point where people have um, usurped your ability to think for yourself. And now they have turned you into sheeple, sheep, herd mentality. Now they have turned you into one of the masses that they control and orchestrate like a great conductor in front of a symphony. And the way we're going to help break out of this is I'm going to, I'm going to tell you how the sauce is made. I'm going to tell you how the sausage is made today. Are y'all ready? All right. So like I said before, I am in a unique position that I learned this from two different disciplines. So some of y'all might know that I have 
three master's degrees and that is nothing to ooh about. That was just somebody slow that needed more training than the average person. That would be me. And so my first degree uh, is a, a master's of divinity uh, with a sub of um, education and counseling. So that's where the therapy and the ability to train people comes from. Okay. Three long years, honey, three long years. But in that I learned how a cult is made and set up because as part of the seminary and trying to help people, and it's the funniest thing, folks who are trained, all they're trained to really do is really get people into a belief system. Um, and then you teach them how to break it. I was like, that is super genius, ingenious, because the person who knows how to set something up and take it down and then set it up again, that's a powerful somebody. And so I was taught the construction of a, a cult reinforcement, how to deprogram and all of that um, through that program. And then, like I said before, when I took uh, some additional classes on the certification for hypnotherapy, like I said, y'all, I was an overachiever. I went through four different uh, hypnotherapy programs just to make sure nobody had missed anything <laughs> that I was supposed to know. And in one of them, they did something about cults and the components of it. So. I'm going to tell y'all real quick, like I said, you might want to get your notepad out because I'm going to tell you how a cult is built and how you can start breaking yourself out of um, a cult if you find yourself. And when I say a cult, I am not talking about the people who go and forsake all and go in the woods in a commune. Mm -mm. I am talking about everyday cults that you don't even realize you're a part of. They can be mean girl cults. They can be hypersensitive cults. They can be politically correct cults. They can be conservative, liberal, anti-fascist, fascist, anything. These cults are everywhere. Okay. And the reason why they're everywhere is because guess what they are? They are culture. Mm -hmm. Cult is short for culture. And culture is a common belief system shared by a group of people with an agreed upon set of morals and ethics and rules of engagement that are considered socially palatable. Okay, so let's talk about how to build a cult. Okay, so with this, there are four components that you really do need if you're going to do this whole cult thing. And y'all, I tried to pick this one since it was the shortest, but it does the most work. It's the heavy lifter because there are a lot of other things to consider. But like I said, we can't be exhaustive. We got to get to the point. So these four components of a cult are this. Number one, you need to have some type of doctrine, special language, or some type of power statement and pledge. Mm -hmm. So think about when you join a club and they make you say a pledge. Think about when you were born into a country and they make you say a pledge. Mm -hmm. And so with this, this means that there is a certain code of conduct and or a written document that helps you to uh, be able to uh, fit in. OK, now a subsection of this uh, this doctrine and special language is that there can be manifestos, there can be power statements and pledges, and we're all familiar with that, but this is the diabolical one. There are secret and special words that only members of this culture know and understand. Kind of like when you Think about the little rascals and all the goonies and all of this. And they had to have a special password to get into the clubhouse. 
Same thing. So there are a lot of special languages that you that you use acronyms and things that are not readily known to an outsider and must be explained or the outsider must earn to um, the privilege of knowing. OK, so that's one of the things. So if you want to start a cult, get your doctrine, understand your power statement, your manifesto of what you believe, these we believe statements, mm-hmm. uh, get your special language, have your special acronyms, your special uh, slang within jargon, if you will. That's one of the main components because you got to have something to sit this thing on. OK, so doctrine, special language, um, pledges and statements of belief. OK, so the second thing is special clothing. Mm-hmm. Think about it. When you go to the doctor, how do you know which one is the doctor? The doctor is usually the one that's going to wear some type of coat with some type of embroidery with their name on it and these letters behind their name. When they take you into their office, they're going to usually sit behind a desk. You're going to sit in front of the desk. They're going to normally have the accoutrement of authority around them. They're going to display their degrees and commendations and board certifications, and you're going to be in their temple. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute too. Because when you have a cult, it is not just where you have a belief system. You normally will have a way to designate the leader. Mm -hmm. There will be a way to designate the leader. And just so you know, the leader that you see sometimes might not be the true leader. The leader that you see might be a glorified mascot or a, um, uh, a, 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 a brand that has been put together and constructed so that the people will follow because that visual is what people expect. And you could definitely have puppet masters behind the scenes. And I know this sounds a little conspiracy theory, but it's not. It's, it's, it is what it is. And y'all, I'm teaching y'all a lot of stuff today. So you better recognize this is some good stuff. So after we've got our doctrine, special language, you know, our ple- pledge statement and our special clothing, then this is where it really gets real and where you're turning a group of like-minded people into a cult. And that is that you have something called trans logic. And so as the word suggests, it is logic that supersedes the normal. If you try to look at trans logic, it's really kind of murky on the internet um, what it is, but I'll just go on and tell you. What it is, is it is derived out of a suspension of belief. So, I mean, a, a suspension of disbelief, excuse me. So this trans logic is circular in in format. And what it does is it corrupts that temporary logic that helps you to believe something. And what it is, is they put you in a thrall, T-H-R-A-L-L, a thrall. Remember I talked about that glamour that, that they put on you? This is where it happens. So with the trans logic, it means that it is going to transcend that logical, the rational, and the mental in general. And it is going to appeal to your emotive state. A lot of times the trans logic is going to appeal to a mystic, yes, a mystic formless type of uh, goal or attainment where people are made to believe that they can transcend their current reality. So if you think about religions and they send you to nirvana, to heaven, um, you know, to all of these different places, or if you think about um, 
uh, situations where you can ascend to a certain consciousness. And it's not just religions and those types of things. You can have a cult where it can be something where you try to get a certain amount of money. Think about an MLM and they tell you, you want to be a super purple white gold diamond, (laughs) you know? And so this trans logic uh, will constantly reinforce that when you're in their presence. Now, if you feel like this is you, one of the fastest ways to figure out if you're in a cult, when you're in somebody and you know that they are not hanging with these people, try to express the trans logic of their doctrine to them. And if that person says, that don't make no sense, <laughs> you might. Yeah, if you're doing it right and you're able to articulate it, you might be in a cult. You might be being bewitched. Okay? No shade, no tea. Just just saying. And then the last one is special positioning. Mm-hmm. Now, you can do this uh, in the physical as well as online. So in the physical, think of altars, a big chair, a big desk, a temple, uh, the sanctum of a doctor's office, you know? If you think about it, when you go to your doctor, there's a whole cult-like status about the doctor is in. The doctor knows all. You suspend your disbelief and you know you got a pain in this area and you know that this has been bothering you. And But isn't it funny when you try to tell the doctor about it and the doctor says, oh, there's that's nothing. You... They allay your fears and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's the craziest thing. But that trans logic is powerful. And that special positioning, you see, is all working together. So when you're online and you see people positioning things, like uh, they're showing you the, the beautiful smiles of their kids and the, the perfection of the perfect sunset as they're looking off and talking about how life is great. And they're using these special kind of words and acronyms and all of this. And all you want to do is go to that green grass pasture where they are. That might be a little bit of a thrall happening on you. And I want you to shake thyself. Okay. And so with that, because my time is all just about up, I want to say this. And that is, in summary, you need to break the trance daily. And to break the trance daily, there are some things that you need to consider doing. The first thing is, is you want to get to the point where you meditate daily and record any ideas, visions, and insights you receive. Because meditation is going to help you master your mind. The next thing is, is create your own uh power statement. Create your own manifesto and your I believe statement. I've talked about that because if you have that, then you know what you believe, you know what you stand for. And if anybody challenges that, you're like, "Uh uh-uh, you got to go boo. You need to be willing to always be updating it as you learn and grow though. Don't get stuck on stupid, you know? And then the next thing is, is be willing to strengthen your mind and grow your wisdom by going out and experiencing things outside of your comfort zone and outside of the people who look like you, act like you, and believe like you. And that is going to help you to break the trance and stop being so darn bewitched. So guess what, y'all? Mm-hmm. My time is up. I want to thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mm-hmm. Love you dearly. Don't forget to check the show notes, share, like, and comment. And uh, 
tell people about it and contact me if you have any questions or any shows that you ideas that you'd like for me to cover. And I am going to, you know it. See you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.